Blog Talk Radio. All right. All right. Yeah. Uh, You guys want to start the show? Let's start the show. Welcome to Saturday Morning Serial yet again. I assume you've all heard us before, so we'll just skip the introductions. <laughs> what? No. Oh, People okay. Don't know all right. Fair enough. Uh, it's me, everybody. It's Dan Grimshay joining me. The other voice you've heard now, Marky. Say hey. Hey, hey. I'm here. And uh, wouldn't you always believe it? We got Johnny Heck. Say hey, Johnny. hey all right, everybody. Thanks for uh, for tuning in, for downloading, for uh, hitting play. However you got here, we want to thank you. Uh-huh. Uh, and, uh, and and long-time listeners, you're in for a treat. Yeah. We're doing another installment of, you know what, cue the music. Oh, who's that? Oh, that's... Uh... Oh, oh, he's uh, 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 he's from um, uh, with with uh, oh, he's that one guy. He's that one guy. Ah, that's right. It's that one guy. <laughs> yeah. My favorite. Good to be back. Now, now, of course, uh, we'll we'll let let's go over again what the concept of that one guy is. Please tell us. He is essentially, you know, he's that one guy. You know. That one guy. There's, there are, uh, and, I, and uh, we don't mean to be sexist. There's that one woman as well. The one gal, uh, like Allison Janney, I think would be a good example. If, if, if I, we want to start name. making a list as three men on a podcast <laughs> okay. trying to talk about women, that uh, there you go. Uh, that, so you would say that one gal from uh, the West Wing, okay, or that one gal from uh, that one show. You got me on the spot. Right. I'm not, well, I haven't she's, done the research. She's, she's the also road. that one gal from Mothers. I think that's the show that's on. Oh right yeah, now. The, oh, that mother. one yeah. show, Mother. Yeah. Mother. There you go. Yeah, There's no, an example. Okay. Uh, but you, she's you she's had. Small, she's a character actor, and that's the point. That one guy. That we're talking about character actors who you've seen in. Dozens of movies, and you don't quite Even know their names. Can't remember them right exactly. now, but you, you every time you see them, you're like, oh, it's uh, it's that one guy. It's, it's, it's that, that one guy. It's that uh, from that one thing, etc. Yeah. And what we like to do here on the show, we want to help you identify that one guy. Now here we're for the we, love of God, we want you to learn these people. Yes, please. And please. in fact, in this episode, we're actually kind of doing two. Yeah, the first, and we're which, doing one again. It's a twofer. We're doing two, and we're doing one again. And a recall. Yeah, a a retread and and a new one. I don't don't want to get too far ahead. The first one that we're talking about is is someone we've talked about before, and I am really excited to talk about again. 
Michael Ironside. We've had him on the show before. We're going to bring him out again. Exactly. Yes. He's, this is he's, a huge... He's that uh, one guy from Total Recall. The one guy from that Total one Recall. guy from V. He's yeah. that one guy from Starship Troopers, He et cetera, so forth. Uh, and, and he's... Uh, we we had a whole episode dedicated to him, which of course he deserved, mm-hmm. and don't you dare say otherwise. Absolutely. Uh, and we're we're coming back to him because it was about uh, about a year ago, after that show had come out, but it was about a year ago now that I got to talk to him again, mm-hmm. a second time for another project he was doing. Uh, it was a California winter, by the way, but uh-huh. we'll get into that in the interview. And this was such a great interview. I mean, I really enjoyed talking to him the first time around, but then this time was so... First of all, he called in to do the interview, like, on a Bluetooth as he's driving... To Kansas? No, I think he's, like, in the backwoods of uh, Tennessee. Okay. Or somewhere... I mean, he was driving... I think it was, like, he had a family wedding, Uh and he had to get Uh back to his home. He was in a rented car on Bluetooth... Just driving, uh, driving down the freeway out in now, the woods or now, something. Don't give the whole, the whole thing away. Don't give the whole thing yeah, away. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, that definitely sets up. the stage. But, that's, what, I mean, that just gives you an example of how accessible this guy is. Yeah. He is, in my opinion, a major star, even though mm-hmm. he is that one guy. I would uh, – there's – if I saw Harrison Ford having dinner at the Jack in the Box over here, mm. dinner <laughs> loosely applied here, but if he was <laughs> eating at the Jack in the Box, okay – I would not go up to Harrison Ford. I wouldn't feel that need. I wouldn't bother him either because he's kind of on that high pedestal. I'm not going to bother Harrison yeah. Ford. Which I think is right. one of the reasons we keep turning down interviews. Yeah, exactly. Because and he's I, not that well, one guy. We all know who he is. <laughs> he's, he, exactly. Yeah. We, don't, we don't really need to talk to him. Exactly. But You don't need help. I, like, I, uh, I wouldn't be driven to go interrupt him. <laughs> if I saw Michael Ironside at the bar, I'm going to offer to get him a drink. I'm going to want to shake his hand. I'm going to want to introduce myself. You know what I mean? And he seems more... He, exactly. And after talking to him first for a very long interview uh, the first time around, uh-huh. this one this one's a little bit shorter, but uh, you know, at this point, we're good friends. So we could just <laughs> cut right to the chase. Yeah. But you just get a sense like, I would hang out with this guy. Yeah. I would listen to this guy. Right, right. And since you and I, you know, you've, you gave the interview, and then mm-hmm. I've since heard the interview... Um, Johnny Heck has not heard the interview, no. so we're going to kind of screw with the format a little bit here. Yeah. Oh, and I, I can also say yeah. that no one else, aside from you, right, the two from, of us, from, from you, me, and Michael, Michael Ironside, Ironside, have heard oh, this man. interview. <laughs> yeah. So this I'm is the last one. Well, well, well you're, you're actually the first. Okay. Yeah. Oh, before the audience. Well, yeah. Okay, exactly. Good. So yeah, feel really good about this interview. Um, it's 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 really phenomenal. Uh, the action is very well <laughs> described. Um, and I want you to enjoy it. And when we come back from our commercial break, we're, we're all going to hear Johnny Heck's reaction to this interview. Yeah. So and we're going to discuss it. And I yeah. just can't wait to talk more about Michael Ironside because like you said, he, he's, he's the best. He's the bee's knees, baby. And he's, he's, he's relatable. He's uh-huh. accessible. Now, you know what? Without further ado, I would it. like to hear the world premiere <laughs> of the May, 2016 Michael Ironside on the road interview. Magic interview machine. Don't make us wait anymore, please. Meanwhile, hey, how are you doing, Dan? Doing very well. Doing very well. I uh, I actually got a chance to talk to you about a year and a half ago, I think, for the uh, uh, the film Extraterrestrial, and it was a 
great. Yeah, did interview. you ever get? Did you did you see that film? Yes, yes, I did. It was, it was very yeah. impressive. I thought it was very entertaining, you know, for the budget and the way we worked on it and yeah. what they had to work with. I thought it was quite good. Well, that's yeah, that's so, what I remember walking away from because I, I heard the budget was about three million dollars or something, and it looked amazing. I think it was, yeah, I think it was. I, I think it was actually three million Canadian, which is <laughs> not a lot of money. <laughs> and that's about a bucket change in a case of beer. So is this going to be a tape or is this going to be live? Oh yeah, we're we're just going to tape it. Okay, that's great. All right. Well, I want to thank you. Sounds like you've got a, a really full schedule, so I really appreciate you taking some I'm time always, to talk. I'm, I'm always, yeah, I'm always working. I tried to get this. This film's kind of an awkward. It was shot a few years back. I think it got into legal issues with a distributor who, who kind of pirate, um, you know, kind of stole it away legally. You know, it's a great, the subject matter on the film is what's legal is not always right. Mm-hmm. I think the same thing happened with the distributors. <laughs> they had to basically take it to court to get the film back. The filmmakers did. Well, I like imitating back. art. You know, that's, I was actually going to ask yeah. that because while I was researching, I saw a lot of the uh, a, a lot of the material tied to it dates back to 2012, but I know it just came out. Actually, it's, actually it's before that. I think we shot this in 2010. Ooh. Took him a couple of years to put it. I think it was t- 2010. That, um, you know, and it's before the Big Short, which is the Big Short is like it was very well structured, very very craft um, oriented film. But I, the moral dilemma of people that are, you know, making millions and billions of dollars off of throwing people out of their houses and a and a mortgage collapse, you know, mortgage uh, brokerage collapses. You know, is you know, Steve Carroll's character. I mean, in that film, is we're supposed to feel morally and ethically, you know, sympathetic with him struggling with his, you know, is it right to make money at this level? And uh, this film, on you know, is the reverse side of that. It's all the people who did lose their homes, who yeah. did, you know, a lot of Spanish, Latino kind of working class people. Where there's, uh, you know, three life savings going into getting a house or a home and then having it foreclosed on them because they couldn't understand the back, you know, the back end uh, yeah, financial which, structures of what they were doing. And the real estate agents that were selling it and, and you know, were basically untrained and unscrupulous. So, yeah. So this tells the, the human just side keeps, keeps of... Pushed. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, everyone, we're talking about uh, California Winter. New movie, uh, well, an older movie now finally coming out. And, uh... And it would have it would have been interesting to see this at least come out as a as a as a counter argument or counter story to the Big Short. Uh, it's nowhere near the budget that the Big Short had, uh, but it does deal with the the very human and very desperate and very frightening aspect of not of things being legally correct but not legally right. Yes, exactly, so the, and, and and that's uh, uh, kind of the central conflict with uh, with with the poor girl who's can't stop working because then she can't help her parents at all but the very business she's yeah. in is the reason her parents are in this trouble and everybody yeah, was and pointing fingers then and it's and it's not so much pointing fingers but it's her moral her kind of moral and ethical um maturity in the film as a character she starts off a person just grateful to have a job grateful to be you know um ambitious and feed that youthful ambition and stuff and to find out that, you know, that what she was doing was basically victimizing everybody. 
you know, and she was another cog in the chain or the assembly line of basically the, the raping, financial raping of a huge section of North America. And and her basic, you know, it's it's a wonderful arc. The, the lead actress was also one of the producers on it. And, and watching her in the first act is a very carefree, loving, happy, joyous kind of goofy person who has to come to that, I think at the beginning of the second act basically comes to the idea of like, oh my God, wait a second, am I being used here? Or, and, and the shame and guilt of her enjoying the, you know, the, the avarice that she was involved in. And then the third act is basically her having to pay restitution morally and ethically with her family who are victimized by the very things she was a part of. And it's, it is an on everyone who did this film, we were involved because of the subject matter, not because of the money. Nobody got a payday out of it. It was all scale plus 10. And I think uh, we all believe that the story had to be told and it was well structured. I hope people see it. I don't always say that about the films that I'm in (laughs) (laughs) at the, as you know, because we've talked before, I, I'll try and do my best to say something positive, but I think it's a clunker and should be seen, you know, on pay TV, you know, I'll, you know, or on free TV, I'll tell you. Wait, wait 10 years. Watch this one on free TV. Not in this <laughs> oh, case. Oh, you're a publicist okay, this dream. Case, this, this case, if you see it and have to pay for it, absolutely. I'd hopefully you'd see it in a the theater because I think it's best to, to get the full effect of this film and the emotion in it. But if it's on a pay channel or something, that, that's fine. But, it's, if it's in a theater, go see it. And I don't always say that, but maybe one out of three films that I'm involved in, I'll say that. See? You know, movie theaters are expensive these days. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, everybody. This actually has the uh, about 30% Michael Ironside approval. So, so <laughs> no, if, if you need more than that. I think, I think it's more like 65%. Go see it in a the theater if you can. And that's, do. And, it's worth and, seeing. W- it's been about five years since it should have been in the theater, so now it's nice and aged. It's finally mature. It's ready for the theater, and it's it's ready for your movie-going dollars, everybody. And it's interesting that it was also the 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 very working-class public that was victimized by these very large corporately, you know, structured laws that were abused. And I'm sure there's a lot of people out there would like to see that 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 very subject be given a voice so it doesn't happen again in this very right-wing society that, you know, protects its ass sometimes. Yeah, and, and you and you mentioned earlier, say, you know, just because it's legal doesn't make it right, and that kind of gets to the heart of uh, of your character. You're the sheriff who absolutely. knows what's going on yeah, is wrong, but you still have a job to do. Another one of those conflicts, uh, and, uh, and you, you handle that really well. Well, thank you very much. The yeah, the character was very interesting. He was somebody near retirement, somebody who's at the end of his career and stuff, and who just wants to, you know, hit his hit his marks, knock on the door and get it done, you know. And by the end of the film, he too's gone through an arc where he realizes that, you know, this is, you know, you just can't he can't perform or support a law that is that unjust, and is that that. Oh, oh! I think I lost you to a dead spot again. Yeah, I'm on. I'm, I apologize if we're stepping on each other. I'm I'm on the road right now. Oh, 
and, and again, even more thank you for calling in. I appreciate it. I would have blown me off if I had just had to drive down to the 7-Eleven, so thank you. You may, you may want to choose the, your words clearly when you say that sort of thing. Uh, that might be interpreted completely wrong. <laughs> oh, whoops. Sorry, everybody. I might have ignored. Oh, no, I'm just going to say something worse if I keep going. Uh, it's been a long time since I've been blown off. But, uh, uh what 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 I do want to talk about, uh, aside from just uh, California winter in theaters, go check it out, everybody. Is uh, that's it's so indicative of some of your best characters, where I I can only think of you playing the outright villain of the movie. I think in Total Recall, but you never play the cuddly guy. You never play just the the friendly uncle or something. Almost always, you you are a good guy. But you are very adversarial. I mean, I'm thinking especially like uh, uh, V and Top Gun, where sometimes the audience has to wonder, wait, how good is he? Is, is he? Are, are we on his side? And this is another example of how you really... You, hold on, you hold on, hold right. on. A transport trailer just ran over a car in front of me. Whoa. Holy shit. He blew a tire or something, pulled right, just went right over top of it. Oh, they're all right. It looks, man, there's car all over the road here. Oh, jeez. Is... Holy shit! There's one guy in this car. The car got spun around. Another truck hit that side, and there's only him. He just stepped out. He just, he looks like he's all right. Oh, thank God. Holy shit! Yeah. Yeah. Transport blew some tires. <laughs> he swung around, hit another truck. The truck hit the car. Oh. Looks like everyone's all right. And 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 you're all right. You Hold didn't somehow second. end up in this. I just went to the left and got around it. Hold on a second. I just waved. Yeah, he's okay. Oh, thank you. All God. right, but uh, wow, that was scary. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, I play these. I'm <laughs> sorry about that. No, that's it's the nature. I'm rushing from one job to another right now, but uh, uh, the nature. Like, look at I. I try and do at least one large distribution or studio picture every year. Now that I'm getting older, it's like once every 18 months if I can get it. And that will support my ability to help a film be distributed. And then what I do is do like whatever I think is interesting to do, what comes across the table, you know. And I get a lot of unsolicited work, like scripts that are sent to me because I was a story editor and writer earlier in my career. So, and usually about one out of 60 is worth supporting and calling the person back and saying, hey, let's sit down and talk about this and see if we can restructure this. And I do a lot of that, a lot of help a lot of first-time and second-time writers. And about one out of 100 comes, and it's, I think it's something it, it's worth really supporting and saying, all right, I'll get behind this and let's see if we can get this film made. And California Winter was, was along that line. It was, uh, I think it came to me through a friend, um, it was not a money job. Uh, there was some rewriting that had to be done. I, if I remember right, I don't think I was involved in rewriting. I think I was involved in the restructuring of the character. But it's just one of those stories where you said there has got to be made. And, you know, it's the nature of the film industry that if you've got a certain amount of money that you lose, the more money involved, the more people get to tell you how to spend it yeah. and how it's going to be used. And this film was this film was made for under a million dollars to give the the writer director the maximum amount of uh, control over his subject matter. The 
why it's so late coming out, as far as I know, is it ran into legal problems with a distribution company that had um, kind of reneged on their financial commitment but still had the rights. So they had to be taken to court to get the rights to the film back. Uh-huh. And they won. And now it's coming out. And uh, I look at, like I said before, I don't, I don't get out and say this very often, but it's you want it's a it's an honest telling of the of what happened to people that got caught in that mortgage. And there's a lot of people out there. I've got friends that got caught. Yeah, you know, me I've too. Got, me too. Especially, you know, it's, and, it's called California winter, but this was across the nation. The housing bubble. It, it, it was the spark that started the, the global financial meltdown in 2008. And, you know, if, if you are too young to remember that and you want to go see this movie, just be forewarned. It's it's not a happy story. A lot of people lost not, everything they had. Yeah. You know, people have tried to tell it. And uh, I think this is an honest, an honest attempt at telling us what happened and how it affected not so much what happened but how it affected people that and you'll see by the by the cross section of the cast this is hispanic african-american whatever the political term is for asian and black and brown and white and green and yellow and purple everyone's represented in this film it's not about the money side of things it's about the very human way that people desperately want a home Definitely want a place to come from, a place that they can return to safely, and how that's everyone's supposedly right in this under our constitutional rights here in North America, both countries in Canada and the United States, and and how that was manipulated, abused, and stolen. And yeah, I don't know. And it affected most, like you said, you know, kind of the uh, the lower classes where we're. We're struggling as it is when we can just take for granted that we had a place to live. And then, you know, when they said, hey, you got free money in your house, everybody went, no. of course, we said, well, well, then I've got to use that. And that's exactly what caused the, everything it, to fall apart. But not only that, but the back-end mortgages that were given to people where they didn't understand that they thought it was a certain amount of low interest happening, and then they found out, that that low interest was going to absolutely balloon after nine or 18 months and how they could, you know, where you go from, a, you know, a zero point, you know, a point zero nine at, at signing and then six months it's at, it's at 1.5 and then at 18 months it's up to seven and at, you know, 24 months you're paying like 20% on a house loan that you can't carry. You know what I mean? It was just, yeah, that's, it's, it's just, it, it, it's just avarice. And, uh, I would, you know, American Nightmare could have been another title for this film, <laughs> you know. Um, but it wasn't. That's true. That's and I remember, like I said, going through that uh, that period in time, and I, I had been thinking about about buying a house. I've just I've been a long time renter in California, and I had been thinking about it, and that I think scared me off forever. I have friends who just had to walk away from their own homes. And say, you know, honestly, they told the bank told me to just not pay. I mean, and when you get to that level, something is broken. But also, you know, it was the last pools of money that the those financial towers couldn't get their fingers on. It was the life savings of working class people and retired people and you know, three income families and stuff that they've been holding on to. 
and they basically seduced them with a promise of a dream and then robbed that money and took it out from under And it really, we're still not recovered yet from that, that part of the expression. I don't mean to demean the word rape, but there was a certain amount of rape, financial raping that went on, you know, in a part of society which is from the middle class down. And uh, anyway, the film is not, it starts off with a young lady who's got all the hopes and dreams, goes through the, the realization that she's being used, and then the absolute humiliation of not realizing she was an instrument that caused even her own family to get to get robbed, tortured, and beaten. You know, yeah. and yeah, and, and it's worth it's worth watching. It it gives the subject matter and the people dignity, yeah. and I think that's what attracted me to the film. So yeah, so so if you out there, if you saw The Big Short, which helped remind everybody that this really did happen and it really was a big deal. This is an excellent companion piece as well because it shows it it doesn't have any of the guys sitting in ivory towers counting money, even a you know, a conflicted Steve Carell or anything. This is the people being thrown out of their homes. It doesn't it's not an abstract money issue. It is really life and livelihood. Yeah, it's worth seeing, it really is. And the lead actress, like I said, is just wonderful. She has a wonderful art to follow and she does a massive, wonderful job on it. Yeah, and there and there's a long uh, about a 20 minute song and dance uh, feature right in the middle, just to pick things up. If you don't believe me, you'll have to go see it. <laughs> oh God, love you. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, well, I don't want to take up too much of your time, and for God's sake, it sounds like the roads out there uh, in Tennessee are absolutely treacherous. So if you need to nah, get your Tennessee, Tennessee. <laughs> <laughs> look at look at doing. I don't want to be on the bad side of Tennessee here. No, that was just a, somebody blowing a tire and and eating it. He almost ate up. It looked like a small Toyota, but uh, no. Drive careful out there, people. Yes, exactly. I am on speakerphone, by the way. So if anyone thinks I'm talking illegally, I am not. I'm on hands free. So he's covered legally, everybody. Don't or don't don't call the, don't call the state troopers on him. He's fine. Yeah, I don't want to meet no bears today. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, I want to thank you so much for talking to us. Uh, and and anytime we can talk to you again, I I love it. I, I I feel like I took up so much of your time last time. I don't want to make the same mistake right now, especially with you on the road. But anytime you've got a project you want to get out there, I would love and and all of us here at Maddie P would love to be a part of that. Well, thank you very much. I definitely would take you up on that. All right. And also, well, I guess before I let you go, I do have to mention, because this is very near and dear to me, and I know a lot of our listeners, but the uh, the Top Gun 30th anniversary is coming up here in a matter of days as we speak. And I had, I just found that out, and I cannot believe it's been 30 years. It's 30 years since it came out. Yeah. 31, yeah. 31 just over 31 since we shot it. God, I'm old enough to be that, that character's father. <laughs> That's how frightening that is. All right. Uh, hands attended to, eyes on the road, sir. You got it. God bless now. Bye-bye. All right. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Fry total? Thanks, but no thanks. I'm a raisin brand man. Well, I hope you're hungry. Ravenous. That means very hungry. <laughs> Good, because you'll have to eat four bowls of Raisin Bran to get the vitamin nutrition in one bowl of total. Eat four bowls? Man, who else? 
Whole Wheat Total has 100% of a day's worth of nine vitamins and iron. It takes four bowls of Raisin Bran to get that. No one's that hungry. You mean ravenous. Huh? Total, one bowl, 100%. That, uh, that, that was fitting because... Total Recall. Why? Oh, Total Recall. Do you remember Sherman uh, Hemsley? Okay. Huh? Another that one guy? Oh, I guess he's not a good that one guy because he's Mr. Jefferson. Yeah. Yeah, never mind. Yeah. That, was a bad, that was a bad example. Total, yeah, Total true. Recall. Michael but, Ironside. Uh, total Recall, exactly. Total Recall. Total Recall. Yeah. Richter. Richter from yep. from, from Total, total Recall. recall. Yeah. yeah, we did. We did. Jester from Top Gun. Uh-huh. We did pull a muscle with that stretch on that commercial, but oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, think we'll, I, I think we'll survive. Hey, I'm trying. I'm trying. There's I, no I Total think Recall cereal. Heard something pop there, but we're we're gonna keep moving on. Okay, so that was uh, our second Michael Ironside interview, uh-huh. which was done literally on the fly as he's driving through Tennessee. Uh, witnesses. <laughs> what at first sounded like an insanely bad accident, uh-huh. like two semis crushing a Toyota. Uh, I'll just go ahead and come out and say it. We actually spoke just a few minutes after the end of that interview. Uh-huh. We, we we spoke uh, together on the phone yeah. for quite some time afterwards, and he described it and said, okay. He actually right. called you. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah, he called me back right afterwards. Uh-huh. Anyway, and we spoke for a while, uh-huh. and it is on tape somewhere. But that was between me and him. That's right. That's right. You, that was we had a much different conversation, and you can only all guess about it. Okay, but because he does to the explain... rest of you, he's not he's not the same Michael Ironside as he is to me. He is just that one guy. 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 Just yeah. to take it back. It, yeah, he is the epitome of that one guy. Mm-hmm. But he's, after he's he's at the he's at right. the Pantheon. But yeah. I would yeah. like to know that was the first time that you've ever heard it, right? Yeah, Johnny. No, I you know I'm here in the studio listening to it, and when you mentioned um, at the top of the show, if you saw Ironside at the bar, he's the guy you could go up to, and just listening to this interview, I'm thinking the whole time, he is the guy you could go up to and just kind of rap with and talk to. He, <laughs> yeah, he's like, yeah, some of the movies I do, yeah, you know, maybe catch it on free TV. This one is actually good. And it's like, holy shit, you'll yeah. never. 99 times out of 100, you're not going to hear that type of response. Yeah. I mean, maybe no. and this guy, I can I mean, count on my hand. He's been in the business so long. <laughs> I mean, and he is just so... Now, you probably heard it in the interview. And if you didn't, I guess you're not listening. But he's very Canadian. Yeah. Yes. He, about, he lives he says about, and, and works yeah. in America now. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But he is very Canadian. And it's not just the accent, which you never hear in the movies. And I don't want to get the Canadian files worked up or anything about why he's got to hide that accent. But it comes through loud and clear when you talk to him and he's being himself, mm-hmm. which yes. I think is another mark of like how accessible he is. But he was so weirdly polite. About, like He's in the middle of a rant, and he wants to use the term financial rape at one point. <laughs> you know, and he apologizes. And yeah. before he <laughs> says it, <laughs> mean the word rape. Like, and this is not even a prepared speech, but it, somewhere in his Canadian mind, it said, you're about to say financial rape. You should probably soften the blow, eh? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't mean to demean the, the, the importance or the meaning of the word rape, he says, but there was some financial rape. Yeah. I mean, that's just the way... He composes himself. The fact that he's that polite and yet he's that opinionated, and he really is. He he doesn't hold back. 
Yeah, this isn't the guy. This isn't that one guy from those action flicks from the Top Gun and Total Recall. Like, so nice. Like, hold on, there's an accident. Let me wave, see if they're okay. Let me check them out. I was like, <laughs> yep. is he going to give them a ride? You know, like, yeah. a lot of people are like, hey, good luck there, fucker. Just keep on down the road. <laughs> check you know? checks on him. Yeah. He's like, hold on, yeah. hold on, hold yeah. on. Are they okay? All right. And, but then he'll get right back into it in the conversation. <laughs> yeah. And he's, he's like, all right, where was I? Yeah. Boom. Total oh, pro. I, I actually, Just total yes. Pro. Yeah. Oh, so where were we? And again, I want to remind everybody, I heard more details later. It was not as bad as he described. This car did not get destroyed. And a man miraculously crawled out of yeah. a metal or did they? Ball. One of these days, no. He just said, from his point of view, uh, there was uh, two semis that blocked his view. It looked like the Toyota got crushed between uh-huh. them. Everyone was fine. He was not heartless by driving by. He literally saw the guy get out of his car and wave and say, "I'm okay." But even yeah, how polite is that going. to call you back off air? And 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 let you know oh, they're okay. It wasn't as bad. I was thinking about it to kind of let you know that to let everyone know. You know it's like, yeah. Yeah. Which actually, and I don't know if that if he just called to lie about it, but there was a certain part of me is like, and do I call somebody? I mean, yeah. is this is this guy, is this guy some kind of heartless bastard? Did he cause this? <laughs> yeah. He's like, is am this, I am I on the hook? Is this going to be I Exhibit A in hey, the don't trial? Worry about it. But the uh, I mean, but but that's like. To, to get back to just how cool Michael Ironside is, he was uh, he's he's that accessible. Yeah, is, is again the word I'm going to use, just because of the fact that he was so opinionated and yet so polite. Yeah, and he gets so worked up about things going on in America, and it's not even like where he's from. Right. You know, but he's got these opinions, he's got these ideas, and he's not standing on a soapbox. Uh, and I guess we should probably, uh, for everybody who listened to the interview, we were talking about the movie California Winter, mm-hmm. which I'll explain just briefly. It is available now, by the project. way. It's, a, it's on Amazon. It on Amazon, yeah. probably a few other streaming places. Go look for it. Uh, and and it is it's heart wrenching. It's a very small production, and again, and it kind of depicts what happened through the bursting of the housing bubble, which did hit California very hard, but affected the entire country, entire world. Mm-hmm. But uh, he was, he the only reason he agreed to do that was he's like, good, this is something where someone's calling out people who should be responsible. It ruminates on the, the people who pay the ultimate price. And it's those passion projects that I think are really, really important. You know, like you said, he'll do a studio gig when he could get one yeah. in maybe 12 months, every 18 months. And but it pays for his whole year. It pays so for his whole year. Yeah, yeah. You're yeah. passionate about. So that's when, I mean, you know, we still like those major motion pictures, you know, the Top Gun, Soul Recalls and whatnot. But these smaller films, when an actor does it, not for the money, but because they're trying to, I don't know, give something back, something they're really worked up about is for a cause, then you know there's something there. They're not just doing it for a paycheck. It's not like some Adam Sandler monkey shit fight that's going to, you know. <laughs> that is every Adam Sandler movie. Monkey right? shit you know, fight. <laughs> this is actually something worthwhile. And, you know, just his recommendation, you know, I'd, I'd say see it. There's so much. Well, and again, he is uh, he's such a pro. When, like, after he comes out of that little, you know, where he's, like, talking about how there was this accident and all this stuff's going on. Yeah, I, it, like, and, and I remember, and I'm waiting for him to just kind of say, okay, I got to go. No, no, right, and then he totally and, comes and out I, of it. And hang up, but instead, a, a, a couple beats go by. He comes out of it, and he, but he answers the question. Yeah. He, like, he, 
he literally he just answers the question that after all this stuff, you asked that. I forgot the question. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know he answered the question. <laughs> I'm putting like, it right back into it. And he's like, oh, okay, hold on, life-threatening event. Everyone's good. Let's go back. Cherry pie. Yeah, Cherry pie is my favorite. Yeah. Uh, you know, like it was, it was crazy, um, and I was so impressed with that. It's it's it's. Uh, I think it might be the greatest interview ever. No. I, well, it's, it's the no, second you, greatest interview ever. It's so close, but it's the yeah, second, it's not the, the second. I don't want to promise. <laughs> it's on the, second it's best. on the Hall of Fame board yeah. in the studio for sure. Yes. I mean, car accident. That that's that gonna happened. Get, that's that's yeah. gonna got some yeah. legs. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, you know, and coming. Sorry, out and of we it, were never able to uh, put together a show for that interview. That's right. I think it was at a time where we were recording a lot of stuff as much as we could. Some some stuff ended up on the cutting room floor, and we did not like it. So that's one yeah. of the reasons that we brought this out. I'm very glad to have shared it. Mm-hmm. Maybe someday our personal conversation that we had. Maybe upon my death, I might have it released <laughs> with a <laughs> box of doves <laughs> at, the, at the grave site. Uh, but another good reason to have brought it up now, uh-huh. as long as we're on the subject of that one, guys, I feel like it it, it should be acknowledged that we lost one of the greatest that one, guys. Mm-hmm. Who unfortunately we never had a chance to talk to, uh, but he is, if you can use the term, one of the more famous that one guys. And I am speaking about Mr. Powers Booth. Powers Booth, greatest name of all time. I mean, I think we could we could be hardly yeah. could either argue that. actor or football or, or quarterback general. Or something. Yeah. Powers Booth, he was right. he was, in a, he was a, a giant. I mean, not literally, but I'm just, he was a giant in movies. Every, every role, he just completely captures the whole damn, the whole damn scene. Well, but, but he, but, but what I want to focus on is how he fills that, that one guy archetype. I mean, talk about some of the things he's done Mm -hmm. because he was in the industry 30, 40 years. Me, like, okay, so the very first thing that I think about with him um, is Red Dawn, the legendary most amazing movie mm-hmm. of when you were a kid, especially growing up in New Mexico, yep. which is where this movie was filmed. It doesn't take place in New Mexico, but it was filmed in New Mexico. Uh, and we all knew it growing up there that this was filmed here. So when we were playing in our kids, I mean, in our parents' cars, when we had our toy guns and we were the fucking Wolverines. Wolverines! 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 <laughs> exactly. Like we could, we could play Red Dawn in our driveways and in our backyards. Mm-hmm. That is easy. the most 1980s thing I've heard in yeah, so long. We is. played yeah. Red Dawn. We played yeah. Red Dawn. I did the same. Yep. Don't get me yeah. wrong, but yeah. when when no one remembered to bring some GI Joes or Transformers, you were Red. You were the GI Joes. You Joe. could just mime <laughs> guns and play Red Dawn. Yeah, and it was and it was great. Here come the Russians. The Russians and they, they were the Soviets. They they weren't the Russians. They were the Soviets, and they were teaming up with the Cubans. But anyway, I digress. We all know this Marky amazing movie. Marky would throw fits as a child if you got the I, cannon wrong. You don't mess with this one. I could walk you guys through the movie. Do we have time? Act no? one. I'll walk you through it. But I loved this movie. And uh, Powers Booth uh, played – if you guys, you guys have seen this movie, if you can't – if you don't know who that one guy is, <laughs> Powers Booth was the pilot who – he was the American pilot who crashes – and the Wolverines kind of rescue him, and then he ends up teaching them all about strategy and tactics and stuff. And he's kind of their leader for a little while, who, of course, is famous. Most that one guys do die. 
Yeah. So, oh, I, I spoiler alert. Contract. Yeah. They, uh, they are typically bad guys. They're bad guys, or they unless they're in a comedy, or they're but gruff, if they're in action movies, or which they is where got, some yeah. of the best that one guys are. Mm-hmm. That that is the rule, and I'll I'll state it mm-hmm. again. We've talked about it before, but they have to be one of the top tier bosses before you get to the boss. You know, they're like a lieutenant. Hans Gruber. Yeah. They're before the you get to. Yeah. You know, uh, Ronnie the Darth Cox Vader. in in uh, in RoboCop. Yep. They're the last mm-hmm. actual bad guy you have to beat. That's, the, a good that's one. always the, the 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 test of strength. Yep. I think if you compare it to the Arthurian, Ronnie, Ronnie Cox was the uh, you have to be, and that is always yeah. one of that one. That is uh, Michael Ironside. He's of it. Horse. Total Recall. That in a lot of and Ronnie Cox. Another Smith Ronnie Cox. Is another big yeah, one. By the way. Yep. Yep. Another one where yep. Ronnie Cox was all connects. the ultimate, and he's another that one guy. But again, that's why I'm not taking his calls. He's still alive, too. I don't know. and uh, he's from New Mexico. You New Mexico file. You so damn right. Why don't you get him on the horn? Uh, one of these days. Okay, but back to this. Uh, remember, Red Dawn uh, Powers Booth. He is the pilot that cr- crashes, and he ends up teaching the kids all these techniques. A little mentoring, and, uh, little Obi Wan. Where he actually does play like a good guy. You know, if but a yeah, exactly, exactly. Who is going to fall? And, which is and another gonna... aspect of that one guy yeah. is sometimes they come on. Michael Ironside was another great one of this. He they would come on like they were a bad guy, uh-huh. and by the end they were the gruff but lovable teacher. Michael Ironside, Troopers. Michael Ironside in V. A, a he great played, example. He was a mercenary. He was an arms dealer who, <laughs> when shit goes down, mm-hmm. when the aliens attack, and your government is fucking overtaken, he's your Daryl. <laughs> He's the guy I want. He's my Wolverine. Yep. You know, like, yep. I want that motherfucker. And he ends up, yeah, it's the same thing. He ends up um, going and through this conversion. He has the exact same yeah. uh, archetypical role in Top Gun. Yes. As Jester. Right. Where he seems like the mean flight instructor, but he's the one who actually loves Tom Cruise. He says, that was the best, that was the best flying I've seen yet. Right up to the point you got killed. You never, ever leave, leave your man. wingman. He's the one that that dishes that line. Yep. That is Michael Ironside. Yeah. Now back to another pilot, Powers Booth, mm-hmm. who, who we're not confusing, by the way, and nor should any of you. Okay, yeah. I know that there's there's some parallels here, and they kind of look alike, I guess. Stacy Keach, too. Stacy Keach, no, he has the freaking hair lip. That that's that stands out. Uh, I, I well, don't. He's I got a mustache. Um, but uh, yeah, Powers Booth in Red Dawn. Uh, he's the pilot. He's the pilot. And if I remember correctly, and if if we had the time, I would take you through the whole plot, and I might remember better. But wasn't he? Wasn't there some sexual tension with him and a high school Jennifer Gray? Can you guys remember this movie? Oh, I do not remember that part of it, and I probably think... for good reason. I maybe this is a memory we shouldn't go stirring. I don't up know. Maybe my anybody. psychologist could bring it up in the next oh, session yeah. and to see if I've. Try to shut it out. Should we do some wiki reading? No, no. I don't think so. <laughs> I do think that that's what happens here, and so like maybe a little bit of a hero worship, puppy love. Maybe she just had a you know. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. You guys can all either go watch this movie. I I think I should probably watch this movie again anyway. Yeah, I think it holds up. Uh, you good know. point, and I think we should probably pump the brakes on calling anyone a pedophile and move on to what else good he's done. And he might have been, but you know, <laughs> this is the apocalypse. It's the apocalypse. Bill, again, all Come respect, on, you Mr. Make Powers American. Booth, who recently passed. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and uh, he was also really well known in Deadwood. 
I think that was another one yeah, of his roles. That, that was, was one. No, arguably, he kind of started moving beyond the that one guy uh-huh. fame, especially with roles like Deadwood, where he was. Cy Tolliver? Cy Tolliver, yeah. I believe he played. Uh, just a bad guy, right? Well, Dead- no, he was just a businessman. He was just like a like a tycoon kind of type, right? Yeah, but casino but, owner. You know, but he was Al Swearengen's uh, Mem- rival. Yeah, rival. Which does not put him in a good place. Very Machiavellian show. Uh-huh. Nobody is really that much of a good guy except for, you know. John Wayne, Timothy Oliphant. Timothy Oliphant. Yeah, oh, that was a great character. Yeah, I don't yeah. think, though, he gets on Deadwood, or at least has that much kind of clout without Tombstone. Oh, God. There you go. I mean, I think he, he walks from oh, Tombstone to that Curly guy. Bill. How did I not remember Tombstone? Cur- Curly Bill. I mean, oh, right. to stand... Can't remember who Curly Bill is? He was the one with the red shirt. Yes. The red shirt. Remember Tombstone, yeah. red shirt. Red well, shirt. bye. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah White, White Earp is bringing his dead brother out of town. He goes, it's done. Or, something, you know, it's over. And he goes, well, bye. Bye. And he's carried in. That's the coldest shit I've ever heard. And in this movie, Kurt Russell, Val Kilmer, Bill Paxton, Sam Elliott. All at the Mike, top of the game. Michael Bean, all at the top of the game. And he stands, if not yep. neck to neck, yep. above a few of these guys. Michael Bean? Michael Bean, yeah. Oh, he, yeah. he rocks in that, too. Dude, Johnny Ringo. Johnny Ringo. Val Kilmer. Yep. Iconic performances, and he's right there with oh, him. Oh, totally sparring. Man. Yep. Absolutely it's, agree. The, <coughs> excuse me. That's where I... I yeah, I, that's, that's one of the best it's, performances. It's, and it's a fertile ground to find that one guys is in uh like ensemble uh-huh. pieces like that. That's when they get some of the some of the best character actors and they have as much screen time as Well, there's like there's Val Kilmer or or sometimes either either you are collecting a a bunch of the character actors that mm-hmm. are qualified you know. or you're getting a collection of actors that were leads in other movies to come in and do Shorter roles, you know, like uh, yeah. like uh, Ocean's Twelve, right. or, uh, Ocean's Eleven. Well, that that kind of describes but, like uh, Sin City that he yep. was in, that had yep. a bunch of exactly. leading actors right. who just did fifteen twenty minutes yep. on screen, and he was actually I think he appeared in a couple of the different stories. Mm-hmm. But you know, you know he was thing. the mayor, I think. It was a, what the the senator, the senator, okay. the senator yeah, yeah, yeah. with the with the crazy son. Uh-huh. And not to ruin Sin Sin, Sin, Sin City yeah. for anybody. Uh, kind of a new movie, but Frodo ends up killing everybody, movie. right? But yes, yes, yes. yes. The giant but eagles. They uh, <laughs> they they make the most of it, just like you know you said the ensemble, Sin City, um, even a, in back to you know Tombstone where you have Billy Bob Thornton gets the shit smacked out of him by Kurt Russell. Oh, that's you know, right. And, that's and, in and that. like one of his first roles to Sin City with all these guys, they make the most of it. And Powers Booth, no matter what he was in. Be it uh, Deadwood, you know, Tombstone, all these movies, he makes the most of it. Even later in his career, you know, he just got off of a run on Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally owned it. I mean, a role he played in, like, right. the Avengers movies. Yeah. I mean, yeah. He's, he's in the MCU. He's, yeah. yeah, he's there. Kind of. He was a shadowy kind of government figure. He's like, wait, is that fucking Powers Booth in the into this Avengers movie? He's like, Oh, and then he, you know, comes out of the shadows and does it on TV. I think that was one of the last things he he kind of uh, did famously. But, um, yeah, but just owned every scene. Just let you knew he was there. Mm-hmm. And actually, day. and and he's so like you, you less of a chance you know his name, but almost everyone knows. And as a matter of fact, I bet a lot of people are under the assumption, mistakenly, that he plays Negan. 
on Walking Dead. <laughs> he does not. But you know, yeah. I mean, he's just—it's the—it's that same that. kind of dread yeah. character yeah. that he's, I think he's even got the same basic, almost the same outfit from. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, not Deadwood. One of the other Western. Tombstone. Tombstone. Okay. Like, like, like the red shirt. Oh, okay. You put, oh, it, you put yeah, a leather yeah. jacket on him. Yeah, oh, he's and, coming out like yeah. Curly Bill. Yeah, I mean, he could have done this role uh, about 10, 20 years ago, for sure. Mm-hmm. He's got that kind of, just that badassness, but also kind but, of like an Ironside, not necessarily bad, depending on the role, because he could be a bad good guy, a good bad guy. He kind mm-hmm. of toes that line. Um, so brilliantly, and it's entertaining. Well, you know, and he'll, and I, I think, he'll never I think play Jerry also, Maguire, but no. they're still good actors. So maybe that's yeah. that's. Well, I, that I, I think guy. too with him too, and uh, you know, he he has like this like this other place because he's actually a good looking guy. He's not a he's not a scary looking guy. Now he, he looks, looks dominant. He looks powerful. His name is Powers. You know, but like, but he's not like you know. He's a good-looking guy. You know, he can. Uh, no, he can I think he looks. I think he looks intimidating. I'm gonna go on. I'm just gonna say a, that he looks. Uh, that's okay. I think he has know, that kind so of. Is, um, you know, so is Negan. You know, mm. Negan is a. It's you know, the yeah, he's a handsome guy. It's that but he's dangerous. He's scary. Yeah. But it's no, powerful. I'm thinking like, are they ever gonna get a role that Tom Hanks plays? Are no, they ever gonna no. get? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Okay. That's why they are that one guys because. I'm not saying he's an ugly man, but he's he's not, he's, he's yeah, not doing it no, wrong. He ain't pretty. Problem. It's just saying, <laughs> that's yeah. right. he has that crazy charisma cult leader, yeah. and he yeah. played Jim Jones, by the way. Jim not Jones. for nothing. So, yeah. did we just yeah. set that up? You see how I brought that in? Yeah, I was smooth. So you know, and he has that and won an Emmy, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Oh yeah, you know. for for the Jim Jones. So book. yeah, I mean back to that Negan kind of quality, that crazy charismatic like we'll follow you, we're scared to love you, we're you know, love to be scared by you type of shit where he owned that perfectly, man. He was again, not to you know do one of the IMDb shows, but just we've talked about this before. He played uh, president and vice president in 24. You know, has that kind mm-hmm. of politician look, just like he did one in uh Sin City. So he had similar and also, roles, but both of these guys they their voices are incredible. The voices. I mean, even one of them's yeah. got the little Canadian accent thing going on, which is just adorable. But I think. again, you, but you like, don't hear uh, it when he's Powers acting. is when, no. yeah, you, you never like Jester. Not and once says the about, voice of yeah. Sam Fisher. Not in the Splinter Cell game. American. There's <laughs> no doubt. Yeah, he's American. Yeah, uh, but yeah, but Powers Booth, man, it's freaking the voice acting he did too. Amazing. They did a bunch of um, uh, DC, a Marvel. lot of DC. Yeah. I, I believe Powers. Powers played Lex Luthor, so okay. that's in the DC world in a in an animated movie. Mm-hmm. And um, Ironside did. Uh, Ironside played. Uh, no, he played um, General Lane in Smallville. Oh, you're right. So the live so, action, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, again, similar paths. I mean, they're around the same age and did a lot of the similar things, but bring two different qualities. Yeah. I think. Me too. Um, but I think Ironside had more of that lovable. Kind of quality, Canadian accent notwithstanding. <laughs> but Powers Booth still had that, you know, yeah. that politician gangster. Like you walk into a room and you just sit down, kind of like the most interesting man in the world. You know, yeah. he just sits down and doesn't I say anything, that. and you kind of, you know, kind of. You have to be handsome to do that. He's got, but no, he's got just uh, outright authority. Authority yeah, is what he yeah. does. All that's what all his roles. Yeah. And whenever Michael Ironside had to be bad, it wasn't that. It was just like vengeance. 
It was mm. always anger, mm. you know. Uh, his his type of menace was a different flavor of menace, I think. Right. These guys, you could have interchanged them in some roles, maybe, oh, but I'm... they would have brought different perspectives to it. Like, even if they oh, were the same course. character. Yeah. Like, one of them would have... They, they both would have tapped our fear if that was the emotion that they wanted from you, but they would just come at it by different by different avenues. Yeah, absolutely. They were they, both of these guys are amazing. One of them we're revisiting today, and one of them we're remembering today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, as we said, you know, Michael Ironside's been on our show before, and if you guys just want a fucking love fest for Michael Ironside, uh, go to Maddie P Radio, look on the Saturday Morning Serial on the archive page. You can listen to that episode. It's it's one of my favorites. Uh, but when we were coming up with this concept, when we said, you know, we want to celebrate these actors that we see in these TV shows, these movies, and we want to make sure that people know the name, that they can place the name with that face, we said Michael Ironside and we said Powers Booth. Like these were basically the two. They, they are, we, in my mind, they are two of the big ones. There, there yeah. are so many out there, which is why we're doing this. But, yeah. we They're it. And we could never – and we always wanted Powers Booth on this show. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, he would have been the most amazing bookend to this thing. Well, and we, we have and, lost. Yeah. He was, he's, he's again, guys, he's a giant, I think. I think so I guess, before, before we move on, I, let's give our own personal recommendations if you don't know him and if you don't recognize some of what we've talked about, Johnny Heck, what would you recommend people watch to get to know Powers Booth? Well, I think, uh, you know, Tombstone is going to be the obvious choice, but maybe that's too obvious. Um, again, toward the end of his career and the last uh, – some of the things he did, he had a great arc on Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., um, brought a lot to it. I enjoyed it. But um, if you could catch it on Netflix or, uh, or you know, wherever it's streaming, I would definitely check it out. But the ultimate Powers Booth, the the biggest Powers Boothian he ever was, <laughs> was Tombstone yeah. for my money. So, and it's Tombstone, come on, it's a great yeah. movie. Yeah, it's a great movie. And, and, and I think, and it's been out long enough that uh, there are probably people who either haven't seen it ever or haven't seen it since they were small children. Yeah, and it's, so it's one of my favorite westerns. Yeah. Absolutely. And, yeah, so check that one out and just keep an eye on good old Curly Bill. There we go. Yeah. Well, so, well, so, Marky, do you do you yeah. have a, a posthumous uh, plug for Mr. Booth? I do. Uh, I want everybody to get reacquainted. Everybody, including the people in this room, should watch Red Dawn again. Wolverines! Uh, Wolverines! Let's, I, I, I want to remember correctly that Powers Booth Doinked Jennifer Grey, or <laughs> uh, I believe that happened um, when she was like 15. I don't know. Uh, she was in high school. They all were. Anyway, there was um, an invasion going on. It was. It was. It was the apocalypse. Doesn't excuse anything. You gotta make more Americans. You know, um, and you know it was Slim Pickens back then. Um, and but, however, I want us all to get reacquainted with Red Dawn. It's. I love that movie. I think I still will. Um, uh, C. Thomas Howell, late Patrick Swayze. Is this all ring a bell, right? Yep. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yep. Okay. All right. So Red Dawn, and then um, the original, but, the 1984. Yes. Red Dawn. I haven't seen the new one, which I'm still kind of surprised I haven't. It's seen all right. It. No one did. Yeah. You know, yeah. it came out like eight years later than they filmed it. Um, but uh, where I think you guys should really see him, like, is Deadwood. 
Ah, uh, see, I knew yeah. I was. I didn't cut you off because I knew you were going to yeah. mention Deadwood, and that's I a love, very good point. Deadwood for Deadwood. good reason to see everything. In everything. Deadwood. It's uh, you'll see. Uh, is it Peter Carradine? It's, not, it's David Carradine's brother. Uh, he or was plays, it David Carradine? No, David Carradine. Keith Jim, Carradine. Keith Carradine. That's what it was. It was okay. So he plays uh, Hickok, and amazing. I mean, it starts from him playing that guy. <laughs> mm. And it's a kind of a true story because that guy he was there and anyway actual characters but yeah made and, up. anyway this yeah, is an yeah. amazing show and it's amazing even before Powers Booth gets there and then he takes it up another notch you know oh, uh, so, so, so Marky splits his uh yeah. his his plugs between Red Dawn and Deadwood he did too he split too I'll go Tombstone and, and then no, we get a chance to check him out on Shield. He but. mentioned the others, but then okay. he, uh, yeah, I gotta go Tombstone. All right. All right. Well, well the, then the one I'm gonna I'm gonna mention is uh, one we ha- hasn't even come up, but he was in a small movie which I really enjoyed back in the early 2000s called Frailty. Oh yeah, he wasn't mm. that. He with, was uh, 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 Matthew, McConaughey, Matthew McConaughey, Bill yeah, yeah, yeah. Paxton, uh, the late Bill Paxton. Didn't Paxton direct that? I think he yeah, I believe he did yep. direct it. Uh and Powers Booth uh-huh. plays the cop. Uh-huh. Again, position of authority. And you think it's a pretty small role, but you have to finish the whole movie. I'm not going to give anything else away because it is one of those classic M night Shyamalan era uh-huh. twist movies. It's good. Uh and I remember just really enjoying it. I haven't seen it in a while, but watch it again. It All made right. me a Matthew McConaughey fan and Powers Booth. Morden holds up his end. So if you want to brush up Powers Booth-wise, there it is. That is Dan Grimshay's Pick of the Week, <laughs> Frailty, <laughs> starring Matthew McConaughey and Bill Paxton. Uh, and uh, and Powers Booth. <laughs> we, do, we do have a real interesting giveaway uh, for this week's show. Um, you're going to have to remind me on this title because I always forget. All right. It's XXX, Triple X. Uh, return, yeah, the return of Xander Cage. The return of Xander Cage. Uh, um, Vin Diesel wasn't in the second one. He got replaced by Ice Cube. Boom. He did? Yeah, Ice okay. Cube did Triple X 2. This is the third one okay. in the franchise. All right. Samuel Jackson is back. Good. It's nine and X's. Is yeah. that with the snakes on the plane one? That's not it, right? There might be snakes and planes, but this is not the point of okay. the whole movie. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, what, what was that We're one not called? afraid to fix them Snakes anymore. on a plane. Oh, okay. All right. Well, yeah, it's really on the nose. <laughs> <laughs> I really get creative. Uh, so, yeah. yeah the it's just another clever name. Okay. Well, this movie, and I actually, I like Vin Diesel. Um, I liked the first Triple X. Is it, is it Triple X? It's Triple X, right? right? That's what it's called? Yeah. yeah. It depends how much time you have in your day. Yeah. I think we're starting to run out, though, so okay. let's switch to X. <laughs> Triple X. Uh, I saw the first one. I really liked it. I had no idea about the second one. I'm sorry about that. But the third one is now available on Blu-ray, DVD, Amazon, iTunes, I, and then any other Asian website where you want to steal it from. Mm-hmm. But you don't have to steal it because right now we're giving away your our we're stealing it for you. We are going to steal it. We're, we're going to give it to you. We're taking the uh, heat. If so, someone comes to you, send them to us. <laughs> and it's actually we got your receipt right here. Uh, if it's anything like the first one, I think you're going to like it. If it's anything like like the second one, you're probably going to be pissed. Um, <laughs> unless you're one of Ice Cube's kids, because that's money. That's good. So mm, they already got paid. They don't care. <laughs> uh, the name of it is XXX. No wait, Triple X. 
The Return, Return of Xander Cage. Xander Cage. Yep. Okay. I, I believe Vin Diesel came out publicly and said it was the best action movie ever uh-huh. made. Fair enough. Uh, who am I to disagree? <laughs> yep. No. John McClane. But uh, if you guys want one of these, um, I have. I think I have three to give. Whoa. Um, one, for e- one for each X. One for, yeah. <laughs> one for each All X. Right. Uh, I want you to email me Saturday Morning Serial. It's just... Uh, 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 Saturday morning cereal, one word, no dots. You can punctuate whatever you want; doesn't matter. At Maddie P Radio. So Saturday morning cereal. Oh yeah, Saturday morning cereal at Maddie P Radio dot com. Saturday morning cereal at, at Maddie P Radio dot com dot com. We should probably try to make it longer next time. Well, I want these guys. Um, by the time I finish saying it, they've found a pen and a paper. And then I say it again. And yeah, wait. What are they going to write down? Saturday morning cereal Where? at mattypradio.com. All you got to do is just say hi, how much you like Triple X. It doesn't matter. Um, I have three of them, I think, to give away. So send me, just send me an email, everybody. And uh, if, if you are number four, you're going to get a Blu-ray of Traded, which is Revenge is a Bitter Pill, starring Trace Atkins, Michael Pear, and Chris Christopherson. Or you might get the Bob Hope, Hope for Holidays, if you're number five. Ooh, we still got if one left. number six, you're going to be The Tonight Show, starring Johnny Carson, The Vault Ooh, that's Series. A double, uh, that's a double, that's a double disc. If you're number seven, you're going to get The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. This one has uh, Jerry Seinfeld in it. You know if what, actually, let me... Let me. It sounds like we got so much to give away. I want to change the rules a little bit. <laughs> Have them send you at least one joke, like a knock-knock joke, <laughs> a riddle, whatever. Let them do at least that much because you're giving away the, the, the I know. The I have a stack here. here the these bowl. are all good things, guys. Um, I do <laughs> – They, they these um, – our sponsors are really good about sending me this stuff, and they usually send me two because they know I like to keep one, burn one, keep, you know, keep one, sell one, you know. So, but instead of sell one, I'm going to give them away. All right. Oh. Uh, but the Johnny Carson stuff is gold. Um, uh, you know, Bob Hope is always a good guy, and trade is good. I've seen it; it's good. And then there's anyway. Just send me, send me an email. Send Saturday morning cereal. Saturday morning cereal at maddiepradio.com. Send me a joke. Just send me a joke. joke. Yes. And, and your mailing address. And we're going to read your joke to uh, on our next show. Yes. Okay? Yes. So whatever it is, um, it doesn't have to be funny. I it mean, just has to make a little bit of sense. Yeah, just have some kind of logic. Yeah. Yeah. Please. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, I wanted to congratulate you, Graham, on a great interview. I want to Thank Michael Ironside. Oh, I, I do too. I hope we talk to him again because he's he's the greatest guy ever. Um, and I'm going to miss Powers. I am. I, yeah, we lost we lost a, a a little part of our childhood I because agree. he was you know again he's one of the threads of that tapestry. He was a good that one. we talk about all the time here. Yep. And to Powers, I say bye. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle. <laughs> Ah, oh, this is enough of this.